Welcome to episode 250 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. This is going to be a short episode. We're going to talk about Eric's trip, not the band, but if people are Joel Plaskett fans, they should check out Eric's trip. But we're going to talk about listener Eric's trip to the Nebraska Summer Star Party and his observing report from there. I'm Chris, and joining me is Shane, we're amateurs, amateur astronomers who love looking at plenty of time sky in this podcast, or anybody else who likes going out under the dark skies. So uh, we got a really cool trip report from Eric about going to Nebraska yeah. last week. With, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just quick intro for Eric. We've talked about Eric lots. Um, so Eric, uh, he is uh, the astronomer. He's from Calgary and uh, he submitted the sketch of the James Webb telescope that he oh, observed yeah. um, New Year's Eve, actually, this past year yeah. as it was journeying to its uh, L2 orbit or whatever it's at. So that was super cool. Uh, he also, we've talked about his uh, Dobsonian, his suitcase Dobsonian uh, that he mm. has. And he's also the contributing, one of the contributing editors to Sky News Magazine, and he interviewed mm -hmm. you and I, and uh, uh, that was published, uh, I think, in this month's uh, Sky News, actually. Um, yeah, the summer one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the August edition of Sky News. So, so that's Eric. We're we are uh, working with Eric to get him on the podcast, but uh, he's super busy right now. So, yeah. maybe sometime in the fall, we hope to have him on and just have a really good conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually hoping maybe to try to observe with him at the end of this month. We're yeah, yeah, kicking some ideas around about maybe going down to Grasslands or one of the other sites that uh, that I like to go to in, in southern uh, Saskatchewan. And uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully that pans out. We missed it last year. He went down to Grasslands during Thanksgiving and it was just a little bit cold. And yeah, cold in Grasslands can be very, very cold and it ended up being like cold and windy and stuff. And yeah, last year I wasn't quite as set up for for camping again. I am resupplying myself with a slightly better camping gear. But anyway, I digress. So we've got this. Uh, we've got this email from him. Yeah, um, super amazing. He, yeah, he was down in Nebraska under Bortle One Skies. Uh, that's down to forty two degrees latitude, um, which I can appreciate because I grew up observing within about a degree or so uh, latitude of where he was at, but. When you get into Nebraska, like with Saskatchewan, you're into the dry, dry Midwestern uh, airflows of our continent, which are very, very good skies. Uh, nowhere near the uh, or conditions that you can get at the coast with uh, a lot of heat, haze, and humidity, and that sort of thing. So I know, I know the difference. All right, do you want do you want to start chain? Maybe read a few paragraphs, and then we'll we'll discuss as as we yeah. through yeah. this. Yeah, for sure. So, so Eric sent a very detailed email to us uh, about his trip to the Nebraska Star Party, and said and, that we could read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're not yeah. reading it out of turn. We're not just like we we want to have him on, but then he said, "Go ahead and read it." So we're all good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we just think it's a phenomenal uh, report, and it's also a star party that both you and I have interest in because uh, it's I sort really, of within proximity of us. <laughs> it, it is. I really, yeah. really want to get down to it. I've I've looked at their website, and you know what attracts me most? It's not even the dark skies. It's that it's run by a group of people that made a photograph with a bunch of them sitting outside like a sod hut, and it looks like it's like a photo from like like the 17, like the 1800s. And, <laughs> and then if you look closely, like somebody has a laptop and it, it's stuff like that, right? It's, it's a subtle sense of humor, which I feel like these are my kind of people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'll kick this off. Go for um, it. 
So uh, it starts off with here is a trip report of our adventure down to uh, down in Nebraska last week at 42 degrees latitude. Uh, I have a number of family members who live in that area of Nebraska, so it was a perfect opportunity to visit them uh, during the days and afternoons and then stay up all night under the starry, dark skies of Nebraska. Uh, Sleep was challenging to secure. Mm -hmm. The trip began with a marathon drive from Calgary to Nebraska. Uh, I, my wife and son drove down from Calgary through Montana and Wyoming uh, with the 17 and a half inch Discovery Dobsonian. And our good friend, Dory Wood from Edmonton, drove down through Saskatchewan uh, and the Dakotas with his Celestron Edge HD 11 and Hyperstar for imaging. Nice gear. Um, Yeah, very nice. The Nebraska Star Party is located at the Merritt Reservoir, which is a state park about 50 kilometers southwest of Tiny Valentine, uh, Nebraska, and it has perfect Bortle One skies. Uh, the forecast at the beginning of the week did not look very promising. It looked like we were on the north edge of a larger system for the majority of the week with hourly cloud forecasts changing wildly. Uh, uncertainty was high, but that wasn't about to smother our, our excitement or optimism. And, uh, Chris, I think you and I can both relate to wonky forecasts, Mm. uh, you know, to try to plan your trips and, you know, I, I just want to spend a minute on this point. Um, when you get, and I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the location of the Merritt Reservoir, so I'll speak more to our location of grasslands, but I think this maybe extrapolates to some of these other areas. Yeah. Uh, and that's that, like, there's not a lot, or there's like for grasslands, there's like no real weather data being gathered there. So the weather forecasts that are created for that region are based on data coming from points all around it. And then they try to estimate what the impact will be on the grasslands. Yeah. Well, it's often not right. Not even close. So it's hard to look at a forecast and, and make a call. Like I'm going, I'm not going, you know, because of the weather. So most of the time, you know, what I would recommend, and this is how I try to live my life. You, you make a decision to go to these places uh, during new moon and you just go yeah. um, regardless of what the weather's saying uh, because again, it's, it is hard to predict one thing that does maybe um, have a little more accuracy is, you know, and this is like 12 hours out, you look at the cloud movement and you can sometimes extrapolate what the clouds will do, but that's about as much as you can get for some of these areas. So, yeah. so anyway, that's what I usually do. Go for it. Uh, Do you want to pick up the next one or should I keep going? Yeah, I can uh, can keep going. So uh, Monday night uh, looked a bit more promising at first, but as night fell, low cloud that wasn't showing up in the model kept us blind. After a few hours of waiting and hopeful anticipation, a couple of bright stars began to shine through enough to allow two-star alignment for the scopes. I used my go-to lock onto M11 and the wild duck cluster and stood the eyepiece and waited 10 minutes passed by still waiting eventually a small pocket of clear sky would blow by revealing a dazzling display of seemingly countless stars both within the cluster and in the background more and more the sky began to clear and i began swinging to anything i could think of that was within the holes of the clouds we call these sucker holes not that eric (laughs) is a sucker but certainly i felt like a sucker on a lot of occasions have you, have, you, have you heard that phrase before, sucker holes, or is that just something unique to East Coasters? No, no, not at all. That's that's very common around here, all too. Right. Um, yeah. 
sucker hole is, uh, yeah, chasing those little breaks between the clouds for sure. Yeah, just after midnight, a larger hole in the cloud swept through the entire Milky Way, lasting only about five minutes, revealing the most unimaginable brilliance, detail, and texture. The best view of the Swan Nebula M17 through the eyepiece was in this brief window of clear sky, the vivid nebulosity extending far beyond the Swan with detailed curtains of dust veining throughout. Simply amazing. I can yeah. I can concur with that. I know what it's like to look at the Swan at a dark site through like an 18 inch telescope and yeah you kind of see like these huge cumulus clouds like all in and around like the neck of the swan and then yeah you have the main body of the swan and then you have this huge gossamer glow that mm -hmm. sort of extends out as a huge bulbous um sort of uh, wake if, if you're looking at the swan swimming through the milky way so he goes on to say we gobbled up and stood under the dark sky in amazement the hole in the clouds closed up just as soon as it came and that was it for the night about a dozen dso's deep sky objects were seen with no time for sketching this night the clarity of the milky way was just so good it truly didn't seem real dory was able to get a number of images of the milky way that were beyond anything i have ever seen in a single frame so then we're going to Tuesday night. Did you want to read some of Tuesday night, Shane? Yeah, for sure. Go um, for it. And, and just a quick comment on on that portion there is, you know, it's good. It's good motivation to not get frustrated with sucker holes. You can still get some amazing observing in, which, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes when you see partly cloudy nights, at least me, sometimes I just you know, I'll leave the binocular or sorry, leave the telescope in the vehicle and just use binoculars. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, sometimes it's still worth it to, uh, to try. Exactly. So, yeah. So Tuesday night was the night which had the best cloud forecast of the entire week with clear skies from dusk until dawn. Uh, we came prepared for a full night, well rested with a solid observing itinerary in place, ready to rock until sunrise. Uh, things got started well before full darkness. Uh, the southern sky was absolutely spectacular. Uh, the entirety of Scorpius was visible, even uh, the very bottom stars of the tail barely skirting over the sand hills of the southern horizon. Uh, M6 and M7 were stunning naked eye, uh, comfortably high in the south for a change. Mm -hmm. um, the sketching began with NGC 6231 in the southern part of Scorpius. That's Ooh. the, did you ever see that? Um, that's I don't well think worth. so. No, yeah, that's the false comet there right in the bottom. Uh, of Scorpius. I, yeah. I've observed it a number of times. And if I, if I'm going anywhere further South than, uh, than the Saskatchewan Manitoba border, that is, uh, on my list of things to try to see. So yeah, well, where was seeing folks 6231 there on the bottom of Scorpius go for it, Shane. Okay. Uh, so Eric goes on to say it's a truly dazzling, bright, open cluster and a great way to kick off, uh, the night. Uh, many surprises followed, including epic views of the Eagle Nebula, M16, and the Pillars of Creation, uh, and an open cluster, NGC 6520, with a spectacular inky black dark nebula sitting just inside. I think that's B86. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that's yeah. the Ink Spot Nebula. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, one of the more famous Barnards, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Um, the night was a balance of stunning showpiece objects such as M13, M92, M57, and also a number of more challenging objects such as uh, Abel 65, Palomar 11, and Barnard's Galaxy. It was a real treat to be able to see all of these objects under such pristine skies. Um, distant flashes of lightning were looming, so we left the observing field. We got back to the tent late uh, as the sky was brightening. 
Uh, sounds like a great night. Um, mm -hmm. Just, uh, yeah, he, Eric is a great writer. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I feel like I'm almost sitting beside him and, and observing with him as I was reading this email. It was just, uh, it was fantastic. Want me to start on Wednesday night? Yeah, why don't you do that? Wednesday night began as good as Tuesday with several hours of fantastic viewing. I got on a planetary nebula kick, starting out with the Bug Nebula, NGC 6302 in southern Scorpius. Without the stress of having to squeeze everything into one night, the pace was more relaxed, and I enjoyed a bit of naked eye observing as well. The southern sky was mostly clouded over, much of lower Sagittarius and Scorpius, but the remainder of the sky still had excellent transparency. Thursday night was our final night. It started with loads of epic door prizes from the event organizers. Teleview eyepieces were flying out of the swag bag, left, right, and center. <laughs> epic telescopes, even a triplet refractor. That's it amazing. was out of control. Unfortunately, <laughs> none of us won the big ticket items. <laughs> My it's... son won a pair of binoculars. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's I... the cool thing. If, if you've never been to a star party is most of them, well, I shouldn't say most, a lot of them have uh, door prizes like this on the final day or final night. Mm. And uh, yeah, sometimes you can win some really amazing stuff. And this sounds like, uh, like an incredible amount of uh, high end, you know, gear uh, to win, which is awesome. The only good door, what's the best door prize you ever won? I don't know if I've ever won, <laughs> to be honest. I've mostly won. Let's see. I've won those really inexpensive binoculars. I've won some really inexpensive eyepieces. And the but the very first star party I ever went to um, in the 90s in New Brunswick, I won the, the big door prize, which that year was a hundred dollar gift certificate um, to a telescope store. And I ended up buying my first uh, ST80 with that hundred dollar gift certificate. So I, I felt like, and, and it actually hooked me into joining the RESC because I, I almost felt guilty for, for winning like the big prize. It was like, I wasn't even a member of the RESC or anything. And I just sort of showed up randomly to the star party and I didn't even know there was door prizes. And I won like this hundred dollar, which is like the big, you know, back in those days, that was a little tiny star party with like maybe 30 or 40 people or something. It was like a big deal. The person who won it, right. I was like, Oh, I felt kind of bad, but. I ended up volunteering at the star party. Anyway, I'll go on. With only a brief weather window this last night, only a couple of objects could be viewed. Clouds developed over the entire sky in mere minutes just after midnight, and it was lights out. That concluded the final observing session for the star party. The early clouds forced us to be responsible and get to bed relatively early because the next day they had to tear down camp and try to head home. It was a really cool trip, fantastic viewing, great company. I was so glad to, uh, that Dory, Dory joined us from Edmonton. That was awesome. It was tricky balance between observing and visiting family and valentine during the day and he was suffering from severe sleep deprivation but all in all it was a memorable trip with lots of observations and great time visiting family and then he sent us a link to dory's uh lagoon nebula did you see that image of the lagoon it was super yeah, cool amazing yeah really good and then like he did a version of it with stars and without stars you can kind of flip back and forth i'd never really seen that before and then like on the top right i could see there was like this tiny little nebula i thought that was cool uh, eric managed to do 22 sketches while he was there like it sounds like he had all these clouds but clearly he's a, a better and faster sketcher than i am and he's able to do so he sent a bunch he sent one of the m57 and a, and a few others i i had a look at them uh really cool and uh he said that uh, he would highly recommend anyone to sign up for uh for an upcoming star party uh, at the tail end of summer or fall at such a great uh, opportunity to meet people from all over the country and continent and share uh, the passion of, of the night sky with uh, like-minded folks. So yeah. yeah, 
super, super cool email. Uh, I'm definitely, you know, very interested in attending this star party. Mm. Um, you know, and, and what, what actually amazes me too, about this one, Chris here, uh, or at least Eric's experience <laughs> is how he, uh, he blended, you know, the, the family visiting during the day with astronomy. It's, yeah, I find for myself, like it, you know, I, if I'm doing a trip and it's an astronomy trip, then that's it, you that's know, it, I'm not yeah. capable of anything else no. or else it starts to impact, yeah. uh, you know, the astronomy or I'm just yeah. a, not a fun person to be around during the day. So, yeah. no, <laughs> so it's true. Uh, good, good on him for being able to blend both. That's, that's really good. Yep. Very good. Anything to add to the scene? No, no, just, uh, yeah. Uh, looking forward to some fall observing now that it's, you know, this is the best time of the year. It's getting darker earlier and it's not too cold. So, uh, excited to get out. Yeah, well, thanks for the detailed observing report, Eric. We uh, we loved uh, reading it, uh, and thanks for allowing us to to share it with everybody. If anybody else wants to share their observing reports over the summer anytime with us, uh, just send us an email to actualastronomy at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com.